Happy day, Rosa O. Garcia with Why Jesus. Hello there, everyone. Hoping you're having a fabulous day. Wondering if you have made some time today to feel the love of God for you. I know it sounds kind of crazy to say that we have to make time to feel the love of God, but truly, we do. We are so bombarded with messages in this world and in life in every way we can possibly turn that unless you and I find a few minutes daily in the stillness of the morning or watching a sunset or whatever it may be, that when we do make that time set aside, we truly are able to see how much the Lord has blessed us and loved us um, through our trials especially, which is the time where we typically feel like we're alone going through things. But just like that poem of the footprints in the sand that says that's the time when the person thought they were walking alone. It's the time when Jesus or God our Father was carrying us through our trials. So I am thankful that I am able to literally force myself to do that. Um, not as often as I want to, but when I do, I am able to feel of love from God my Father and that gets me through and allows me and motivates me to make even more time to read the scriptures, to think, ponder, ask questions, ask him for help as I pray and he's always come through. So, wow, I said a lot more than I wanted on my intro, but... <coughs> Hoping that you do find the time and are able to feel of his love for you. So, um, today we are going over the Come Follow Me manual um, put out by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we are covering the week of March 14th through 20th. And it covers... Um, the Old Testament, the book of Genesis, chapters 42 to 50. And it's titled, God Meant It Unto Good. And then um, the topics along that. The first topic, God sent me before you to preserve you. The next topic, forgiveness brings healing. The next topic, what does the symbolism in Jacob's blessings mean? And the last one, a seer shall the Lord my God raise up. And this lesson is loaded with important things. But the biggest message from here is the miracle of forgiveness. So... um just as a 
quick disclaimer for those of you that might not have been following along. I am not a professional podcaster. I am not a scriptorian. I am not anyone that claims to be um, all-knowing in any area of anything in life. I'm just like you, um, trying to make sense of my world, trying to do the best that I can in raising my children and trying to help those around me in the best way possible. Um, and um, just daily asking for divine help to get me through the day on some days when I feel like I can't because of all this confusion and our many trials and temptations that we go through because we're imperfect and that's okay this life was meant to be a test and boy is it one um, where some days we don't feel like we can overcome but nonetheless the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints puts out this manual that you can get um, your hands on physically by buying it at Desert Books or if you just wanted to see the lesson on one of your devices you can download the app for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and then look for the week that you want to look at. Um, you can also go to the web at lds.org and also do a library search for Come Follow Me and look for the week or lesson that you're looking for. So I want to apologize in advance for my furry friends that may come scratching at the door or barking or whatever. Um, I apologize. I try to do this the best that I can with less interruptions, but that does not always happen. So let's get on with the lesson as always. I read the introduction because it is always fabulous. And so here goes. Um, it had been about 22 years since Joseph was sold into Egypt by his brothers. He had suffered many trials, including being falsely accused and imprisoned. When he finally saw his brothers again, Joseph was the governor of all Egypt, second only to the Pharaoh. He could easily have taken revenge on them, and considering what they had done to Joseph, that might seem understandable. And yet Joseph forgave his brothers. Not only that, but he helped them see divine purpose in his suffering. God meant it unto good. He told them, because it put him in a position to save all his father's household from famine. In many ways, Joseph's life parallels that of Jesus Christ. Even though our sins caused him great suffering, the, Savior's offers, the Savior offers forgiveness, delivering all of us from a fate far worse than famine. 
whether we need to receive forgiveness or extend it. At some point, we all need to do both. Joseph's example points us to the Savior, the true source of healing and reconciliation. Wow. That was powerful. I, um, on the last podcast, I talked about Joseph of Egypt and how his, um, he was second to the youngest in his family of 12 brothers and uh, one sister. And he, had many gifts and talents. Uh, His father educated him well um, in reading and writing and all of that. And his older brothers were jealous uh, because he would tell them of his dreams. And in his dreams, um, two of the dreams, he told them that they would bow down to him and um, that he would literally reign over them. And obviously, they were jealous and upset with him. And so, um, they try to kill him first. Uh, And then one of their brothers intervened and said, yeah, let's not shed blood, especially our brothers. Um, And so, they sold him to Egypt. And he lived there for most of his life. It had been 22 years he had been there. Um, And yes, I mentioned how um, Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him um, and he would not give in to temptation. And um, so she accused him of uh, taking advantage of her and he was in prison. So the poor man... Or poor Joseph seemed like he went through hell and back throughout his life with horrible family relationships and jealousies um, and then being falsely accused. And I kind of feel like many of us have had the same experience with maybe family relationships that are not the best. Sibling rivalry is real uh, amongst many of us. And uh, families get destroyed because we have not learned the lesson of forgiveness like the story that we're going to read today. And so um, it it was vital um, that Joseph... Um, extend forgiveness to his brothers and like this uh, summary says whether we need to receive forgiveness or extend it at some point we all need to do both and isn't that true I am many many mistakes made I've had to ask for forgiveness left and right. Um, And then I've also learned to forgive others that have wronged me severely. And I can only say that the miracle of forgiveness is 
just getting your freedom back, your freedom of your mind and thoughts that no longer follow you and that you don't feel guilty anymore or ashamed anymore, um, that you start feeling worthy again and feeling peace in your life. That is what the miracle of forgiveness has given me in my life. And so the story of Joseph uh, shows us how that happens. Um, so I'm going to read a couple of verses uh, on the next topic. It's called, God sent me before you to preserve you. So when Joseph realized that his brothers were before him they didn't recognize him but he recognized them and so um, it says here as you read about Joseph have you noticed any similarities between his story and the atoning mission of Jesus Christ uh, you might ponder how Joseph's role in his family is similar to the Savior's role in God's family and so um we're going to read these chapters here um, just because they're so powerful. And so it gives you an idea of what Joseph went through um, in bringing up old feelings of what he went through with his brothers growing up. And it says here, Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all of them that stood by him, and he cried, cause every man to go out from me and there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren and he wept aloud and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard and Joseph said unto his brethren I am Joseph doth my father yet live and his brethren could not answer him for they were troubled at his presence and Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves, that ye sold me thither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in which there shall neither be ear, earing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God, and he hath made me a father to Pharaoh, and lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. I don't know about you, but I think I might have been more angry than Joseph, uh, having gone through little hell since they would have, you know, sold me. But he could see God's hand in everything he went through. Like I said, he could understand how God carried him through his trials. Even though they were really hard, God was 
making that horrible situation on the choices his brethren made to be the best thing that could happen to all of them involved. Um, neither could see how that could happen many, many years in the future, but God knew and God stayed with Joseph and Joseph, I think in my opinion, stayed very close to God throughout all his trials and because there's no no way on earth that he would have been able to to say, um, therefore fear ye not, I will nourish you. Um, where, you know, he was saying that it was not, um, that it was God that sent him and not them, even though they did sell him to Egypt. So in any event, um, incredible what staying close to God can do for your soul uh, where he sure he had hurt feelings and probably anger and all of that just because he's human but he understood why it had to happen and how God helped him through that so that is unreal that he was able to extend that forgiveness so quickly. Um, I'm telling you, I've had issues with forgiving and forgiving some of my family members um, for many, many years, uh, even though they, you know, they had passed and I no longer, you know, saw them or, or dealt with them. Uh, I still found it hard, and finally when I extended that forgiveness of what I went through with them, um, my, my life had a lot more peace. So I'm thankful um, to hear how the quicker we are to forgive someone and ask for forgiveness if we've wronged others, the better we'll be able to handle our trials in life. So, um, so grateful for this insight as to how it's so much better to forgive right away. And so, um, I wondered how you and I could see how God is shaping certain things in our lives for the best even if we're in the midst of trials. So I'm going to read the scripture one second or a second time so that we can try and answer that in our own lives. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. That is what Joseph said to his brethren, um, instead of you sold me into Egypt, how could you? And so it's just so powerful. So I'm going to read the second part or topic is called Forgiveness Brings Healing. And um, it says here, 
Reading about Joseph's forgiving his brothers for the terrible things they did to him may prompt you to think about someone you are currently struggling to forgive or perhaps a difficult test of forgiveness in your future. Either way, it might help you to ponder why Joseph was able to forgive. What clues about Joseph's character and attitude do you find in the reading of Genesis 45, 50, 15 through 21? How might his experiences have influenced him to be more forgiving? What does Joseph's example suggest about how you can become more forgiving with the Savior's help? Um, and then it says, notice also the blessings that came to Joseph's family because of his forgiveness. What blessings have you seen from forgiveness? Do you feel inspired to reach out to someone who has wronged you? So this is like a loaded chapter right here. And it may seem like I'm reading a lot, but I'm hoping you're okay with it because I kind of feel like this will help us shed the backpack of baggage that we've carried for years in our lives because we have held grudges or have um, not chosen to not forgive someone that has wronged us in our lives. So it says here, and when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will preventure hate us and will certainly requite us all to uh, all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto the evil and now we pray thee forgive the trespass of the servants of the god of thy father and joseph wept when they spake unto him and his brethren also went and fell down before his face and they said behold we be thy servants and joseph said unto them fear not for i am in the place of god okay let me read that again because i didn't read it the way it was intended. And Joseph so said unto them, Fear not, for I am in the place of God. But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now therefore fear not, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones, and be and he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. So I think I can that verse nineteen where he it's a question for am I in the place of God? Um I I interpreted it two ways. The first way that I interpreted it is that um, I forgive you, fear not. Who am I to judge you? I'm not God. That's how I interpreted that. But then I also saw it as I'm in the place with God, with God, not of God, um, meaning 
God has been with me this whole time and was able to show me the purpose and the reason why these things were happening in my life and what good work was going to come of it. Now, I think you and I may not be able to see things turning out for the best when we're in the midst of trials, but we certainly can if we stay close to God. And I think that's the part that I choose to focus on the most is that when we are going through our trials, if we stay closest to God and hold on for dear life as we go through the trials and just choose to dig in more into the scriptures and into praying and to going to church and to doing good to thy neighbor and in the community. If you just do everything in your power to stay closer to God even more when you're going through a trial, then God will help us see why we're going through that trial and God will bless us. He blessed Joseph incredibly. And so um, he became second in command to Egypt. Um, you know, we may not come into wealth or that kind of life. <laughs> but I can certainly tell you that you can feel a peace greater than you ever thought was possible even in the midst of your trials and that you can truly feel God's love sustain you and give you power and lead and guide you through this world of confusion uh, that we're going through and that we can get the power to discern evil um, when we hear it in the news or in social media or in front of someone we will be able to recognize truth and hold on to it because that's what that is what we will need to make the important decisions in our lives. So it says here, notice also the blessings that came to Joseph's family because of his forgiveness. Um, well, imagine... I mean, he saved his whole father's household. I mean, that was 12 brothers and one sister and their families and their, you know, um, servants and all the people that help him with their household. And all the people that he saved in the area, not only in Egypt, but around the area that came and bought food from Egypt during the seven years of famine. Seven years. I don't know about you, but there's also a lesson there. And hopefully you and I are preparing for what's coming because I think you're beginning to understand that we are heading towards food shortage um, because evil, evil people, evil things are happening that are, uh, you know, putting us at risk. Um, it's not happening just because of famine, but it's a deliberate attempt to um, just get rid of people. And so 
I'm sorry, I'm digressing a little bit, but all of these lessons are supposed to go hand in hand with whatever we're seeing in the world and we're experiencing in life. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, these lessons are here to teach us that. And so, but I'm going to read uh, some scriptures related to that forgiveness. Um, and if you guys remember previous podcast, uh, Jacob and his brother Esau, uh, Jacob was the youngest of the two and the birthright usually stays with the oldest child. But Esau sold his birthright for food to Jacob and a later regretted it and uh, Jacob left his household um, and wound up living away for a long time and then he wound up getting married and bringing all his people back to his um, homeland and Esau found out and went out um, to meet him and this is what happened and Jacob lifted his eyes and looked and behold Esau came and with him 400 men, and he divided the children unto Leah, and unto Rachel, and unto the two handmaids. And he put the handmaids and their children foremost, and Leah and her children after, and Rachel and Joseph hindermost. And he passed over before them, and bowed himself to the ground seven times, until he came near to his brother. And Esau ran to meet him, and embraced him, and fell on his neck. And kissed him and they wept. Holy cow. This whole time Jacob felt so ashamed and felt like his brother wanted to kill him. And probably he did for a little bit. Um, but as you can hear on verse 4's fourth. It says, And Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept. Another miracle of forgiveness for horrible family relationships uh, where both uh, extended forgiveness and received forgiveness of each other. And this is how, you know, the 12 tribes came to be the sons of Jacob uh, are the ones that sold Joseph to Egypt so in any event um, forgiveness is powerful uh, continuing on that topic it says here uh, on Doctrine and Covenants 64 9 through 11 Wherefore I say unto you that ye ought to forgive one another, for he that forgiveth not his brother, his trespass standeth condemned before the Lord, for there remaineth in him the greater sin. I the Lord will forgive whom I will forgive, but of you it is required to forgive all men. And ye ought to say in your hearts, Let God judge between me and thee, and reward thee according to thy deeds. So, um, if we don't forgive someone, we stand condemned before God. Because he's not going to forgive us of our own wrongdoings if we don't forgive others. Um, so, that should give us an incentive, right? 
Um, and so very important for us not to carry that baggage around, but to just let it go and extend the forgiveness if we need to and ask for forgiveness when we wrong others as well. And so the next subject, what does the symbolism in Jacob's blessing mean? Jacob's blessing to his posterity contained vivid imagery, but some readers may also find them difficult to understand. Um, thankfully, the gospel, the restored gospel gives us some additional understanding. When you read the blessing to Joseph in Genesis 49, 22 through 26. Um, so we're going to try and figure out what this Jacob's blessing is. Um, basically, Jace, Jacob um, was told that his family will be blessed um, through all generations of time, that they would have descendants as big as the sand in the sea. And that's the same blessing that was given to Abraham. Um, and so it continues. Uh, their lineage, their blessing is upon their descendants. And you and I have become part of those descendants in the world. So it says here, um, I'm going to read Genesis 49 through 22 to talk a little bit about what that blessing was. And it says here, Joseph is fr a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well whose branches run over the wall. The archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. But his bow abode in strength and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. Even by the God of thy father who shall help thee and by the Almighty who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep, that lieth under blessings of the breast and of the womb. The blessings of thy father have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors unto the outmost bound of the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brethren. So, how good was Joseph? For having endured all his trials so well? Well, God is saying he was fruitful and spiritually strong and he was going to continue to bless him and his progenitors um, through the end of time. So those are the blessings that Joseph received because he was so good at overcoming his trials but there's a lot more there that we um didn't understand or i didn't so it's becoming more clear as we read a few more scriptures it says here behold i say unto you that the house of israel was compared unto an olive tree by the spirit of the lord which was in our father and behold are we not broken off from the house of israel and are we not a branch of the house of Israel? That's you and I. Are we part of that household? Yes, we are. Let's find out how. 
um, next part. For behold, thou art the fruit of my loins, and I am a descendant of Joseph, who was carried captive into Egypt. And great were the covenants of the Lord, which he made unto Joseph. Wherefore Joseph truly saw our day, and he obtained a promise the Lord that out of the fruit of his loins the Lord God would raise up a righteous branch unto the house of Israel, not the Messiah, but a branch was to be broken off, nevertheless to be remembered in the covenants of, of the Lord, that the Messiah should be made manifest unto them in the latter days, in the spirit of power, unto the bringing of them out of darkness, unto light, yea, out of the hidden darkness, and out of captivity, unto freedom. And so, basically, uh, this part is in the Book of Mormon, 2 Nephi 3, 4 to 5. And so, if you can imagine Jacob's posterity um, later on became, um, was still there uh, in Jerusalem uh, through the lineage of a prophet named Lehi. And Lehi was ordered to leave Jerusalem because it was going to be destroyed and his family would be destroyed as well. But God was trying to preserve them just like he preserved um, Jacob's sons from famine because of Joseph. He wanted this other family to leave Jerusalem uh, so that he can preserve them. And they wound up coming to the American continent and populating this area here. I'm finding out that previous people from Jerusalem had also come through earlier, or the old world, um, in any event. And so he was telling them they're a branch of Joseph. In this part of the world and so um, and it continues on telling us a little bit more on the Book of Mormon wherefore thus saith the Lord I have led this people forth out of the land of Jerusalem by the power of mine arm that I might raise up unto me a righteous branch from the fruit of the loins of Joseph so there you go he tells us where they came from and then the second part here he tells us he's with us. Wherefore I am in your midst, and I am in the I am the good shepherd and the stone of Israel. He that buildeth buildeth upon this rock shall never fall. So who is a good shepherd and the stone of Israel? Jesus Christ. So um we're gonna continue to read just because this section is loaded. We need to understand how we are part of this 12 tribes of Israel, how, um, whether we have a lineage coming from them, descendants, posterity, or whether we accept the gospel of Jesus Christ and get adopted to those branches. Either way, the whole world is going to be connected that way. So um, it says here, Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise, thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp 
from the prey, my son, that are gone up. He stooped down. He couched as a lion and as an old lion, who shall rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be, binding his foal unto the vine, and his ass colt unto the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine, and his clothes in the blood of grapes. His eyes shall be red with wine, and his teeth white with milk. So Shiloh is another name given to Jesus Christ, who will be a descendant from the tribe of Judah. And so great things are coming through those 12 sons that sold Joseph into Egypt. Or he was the 11 sons because he was the 12th. He was one of the 12. So um, the next part here, um, keeps talking about when Jesus comes again because we know he's a savior of the world um, and hi there I am back and as I was talking that we are literal descendants of the 12 tribes and um, the scriptures kind of Tell us that is so. So I'm going to continue reading here in the Book of Mormon, 1 Nephi 15, 14 through 15. And at that day shall the remnant of our seed know that they are of the house of Israel and that they are the covenant people of the Lord. And then shall they know and come to the knowledge of their forefathers and also to the knowledge of the gospel of their Redeemer which was ministered unto their fathers by him. Wherefore, they shall come to the knowledge of their Redeemer and the very points of his doctrine, that they may know how to come unto him and be saved. And then at that day will they not rejoice and give praise unto their everlasting God, their rock, and their salvation? Yea, at that day will they not receive the strength and nourishment from the true vine? Yea, will they not come unto the true fold of God? So, whether we are literal descendants of the 12 tribes of Israel or we are adopted as we um, accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we become part of that covenant or promise um, that... We are part of those descendants. So I'm going to continue reading because this is just so um, amazing that you and I um, can be part of receiving the blessings that Joseph, who was so great in Egypt, um, received spiritual blessings because he was such an incredible spiritual person through his trials. And it says here, <clears throat> Doctrine and Covenants 133, 46, 50, And it shall be said, Who is this that cometh down from God in heaven with dyed garments, yea, from the regions which are not known, clothed in his glorious apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength? 
and he shall say, I am he who spake in righteousness, mighty to save. And the Lord shall be red in his apparel and his garments, like him that treadeth the wine vat. And so great shall be the glory of his presence, that the sun shall hide his face in shame, and the moon shall withhold its light, and the stars shall be hurled from their places, and his voice shall be heard. I have trodden the winepress alone, and have brought judgment upon all the people, and none were with me. So this particular scripture is talking how Jesus Christ is going to come the second time. So the second coming of Jesus Christ, he will be coming down in full glory. And the sun will not show itself, the moon neither and the stars will be falling down as he comes down so the whole world will see him totally different than how he came the first time as a babe in a manger that nobody knew about totally different because he has paid the price for our sins he has died for our sins so that he could be our savior and help us return back to god so this time he's coming in full apparel, full glory, um, indisputable that he is the son of God and our savior. So the last part here that I, I want to leave with you is called the section, a seer shall the Lord my God raise up. And this is what it says, through Joseph's dreams and his interpretations of others' dreams, the Lord revealed things that would happen days or years in the future, but the Lord also revealed to Joseph what would happen in the coming centering. Specifically, he learned about the prophetic mission of Moses and Joseph Smith. As you read Joseph's words uh, in Genesis and in the Joseph Smith translation of the Bible, uh, ask yourself, how knowing these things might have blessed Joseph and his children of Israel and why you think it's important for the Lord to restore his prophecy through Joseph Smith. Um, and so I, I think you have heard enough podcasts to um, know that the Book of Mormon uh, that the people that belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, we consider that to be um, a second witness of Jesus Christ. We consider the Bible to be the Word of God and to be the first witness of Jesus Christ, our Savior. And uh, the Book of Mormon is the second um, because it was written... Um, by the people in the American continent that populated this area. And some of those descendants came from Jerusalem, the house of Israel. And we talked how Joseph of Egypt, a branch from him, came across. And so it's here. And uh, there's literal descendants and then there's those that have been adopted into the house of Israel because they chose to accept Jesus Christ. So this goes into how they came across. 
and how Joseph of Egypt had a vision and uh, he prophesied that a branch of his lineage would be here in the Americas, that the Book of Mormon would come through, that there would also be a prophet who would deliver Egypt from bondage or uh, the tribe, tribes of Israel from bondage from Egypt um, through Moses, and that there would be a prophet here in the Americas that would bring about salvation for his people. And so I am just going to read it because it will make more sense to you than if I tell you so. But I'm going to read you the Genesis portion 50 to 24, 25. And that is all you find out in the Bible. But because we had Joseph Smith who translated the Book of Mormon in this American continent, we have more that we can add. So Genesis says, And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land unto the land which he sware to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones from hence. So, you know, basically he's telling his brothers, I'm dying, and uh, but God will continue to bless you um, with that promise that he gave to our previous um, forefathers. And uh, please take my bones with you when I die, is what he was telling him. That's all that it says in the Bible. But if we read the Joseph Smith translation of that, then we have so much more. And this one says, And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die and go unto my fathers, and I go down to my grave with joy. The God of my father Jacob be with you to deliver you out of affliction in the days of your bondage. For the Lord hath visited me, and I have obtained a promise of the Lord that out of the fruit of my loins the Lord God will raise up a righteous branch out of my loins, and unto thee, whom thy father Jacob hath named Israel, a prophet, not the Messiah, who is called Shiloh. And this prophet shall deliver my people out of Egypt in the days of thy bondage. And it shall come to pass that they shall be scattered again, and, and a branch shall be broken off, and shall be carried into a far country, Nevertheless, they shall be remembered in the covenants of the Lord when the Messiah cometh, for he shall be made manifest unto them in the latter days, in the spirit of power, and shall bring them out of darkness into the light, out of hidden darkness, and out of captivity unto freedom. And a seer shall the Lord my God raise up, who shall be a choice seer unto the fruit of my loins. Thus saith the Lord God of my fathers unto me, A choice seer will I raise out of the fruit of thy loins, and he shall be esteemed highly among the fruit of thy loins. And unto him will I give commandment that he shall do a work for the fruit of thy loins, his brethren. And he shall bring them to the knowledge of the covenant which I have made with thy fathers, and he shall do whatsoever work I shall command him. And I will make him great in mine eyes, for he shall do my work, and he shall be great like unto him whom I have said I would raise up unto you to deliver my people, O house of Israel, out of the land of Egypt. For a seer will I raise up to deliver my people out of the land of Egypt, and he shall be called Moses. 
and by his name he shall know, shall known that he is of thy house, for he shall be nursed by the king's daughter and shall be called her son. And again, a seer will I raise up out of the fruit of thy loins, and unto him will I give power to bring forth my word unto the seed of thy loins, and not to the bringing forth of my word only, saith the Lord, but to the convincing them of my word, which shall have already gone forth among them in the last days. Wherefore the fruit of thy loins shall write, and the fruit of the loins of Judah shall write, and that which shall be written by the fruit of thy loins, and also that which shall be written by the fruit of the loins of Judah, shall grow together unto confounding the false doctrines, and laying down of contentions, and establishing peace among the fruit of thy loins, and bringing them to the knowledge of their fathers in the latter days, and also to the knowledge of my covenants with the Lord. And out of weakness shall he be made strong in that day when my work shall go forth among all my people, which shall restore them who are of the house of Israel in the last days. And the seer will I bless, and they that seek to destroy him shall be confounded for his promise I give unto you. For I will remember you from generation to generation, and his name shall be called Joseph, and it shall be after the name of his father, and he shall be like unto you, for the thing which the Lord shall bring forth by his hand shall bring my people unto salvation. And the Lord swear unto Joseph that he would preserve his seed forever, saying, I will raise up Moses, and a rod shall be in his hand, and he shall gather together my people, and he shall lead them a flock as a flock. And he shall smite the waters of the Red Sea with his rod. And he shall have judgment and shall write the word of the Lord. And he shall not speak many words, for I will write unto him my law by the finger of mine hand. And I will make a spokesman for him, and his name shall be called Aaron. And it shall be done unto thee, and as in the days also, even as I have sworn. Therefore Joseph said unto his brethren, God will surely visit you and bring you out of his land, unto the land which he swore unto Abraham, and unto Isaac, and unto Jacob. And Joseph confirmed many other things unto his brethren, and took an oath of the children of Israel, saying unto them, God will surely visit you, and shall ye carry up my bones from hence. So Joseph died when he was an hundred and ten years old, and they embalmed him, and they put him in a coffin in Egypt, that he was kept from burial by the children of Israel, that he might be carried up and laid in the sepulchre with his father. And thus they remembered the oath which they swore unto him. So that is a lot more than what you heard in Genesis. So, quick summary. Joseph was prophesying that the fruit of his lineage would write a book and that the lineage of Judah will also write a book and that the two together will confound the nations and bring forth the true doctrine. So what that means is the book of Joseph 
of Egypt's lineage is later to be what is the Book of Mormon that was translated by Joseph Smith. His father's name was Joseph, just as you heard written in the scriptures here. He came from that lineage. He was called as a prophet here in the Americas to translate that book. And that book talks about Jesus Christ and his dealings with people in the American continent. Jesus Christ came to visit the American continent after he died in Jerusalem. So everything that Joseph of Egypt prophesied happened. That is called the Book of Mormon. The Book of Judah, which is the lineage from Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ came from that lineage, is the Bible. And the Bible we know is scripture and it talks about Jesus Christ as Savior. So now you have not one witness, but two witnesses that Jesus is the Christ, the Savior of the world. And that is the testimony to the world to finally clear any misunderstandings that may not be found in the Bible, because now you have the same thing coming in the Book of Mormon, uh, speaking of doctrine that might not have been as clear in the Bible, it now is clear as water, and there's no confusion, and is bringing salvation to people. So, um, that is a quick gist of that. Um, there's so much more to this paragraph here that I wish I could read to you. Um, but just as um, I just read the uh, prophesyings from Joseph of Egypt, um, the lineage that came across from Jerusalem to the American continent, they also spoke of the same thing because they brought the scriptures with them and so I'm just going to leave that for you to read um, and to ponder but I am thrilled to know that God is the same yesterday today and forever and that he does not change that the blessings he gave um, to people before um, are going to be the same blessings that he's going to give to us today. And so um, I'm just going to read um, a few scriptures. It says here, uh, let's see here. Wherefore, I, the Lord, knowing the calamity which should come upon the inhabitants of the earth, called upon my servant Joseph Smith, Jr., and spake unto him from heaven, and gave him commandments, and also gave commandments to others, that they should proclaim these things unto the world, and all this, that it might be fulfilled, which was written by prophets. The weak things of the world shall come come forth and break down the mighty and strong ones, that man should not counsel his fellow man, neither trust in the arm of flesh, but that every man might speak in the name of God the Lord, even the Savior of the world, that faith also might increase in the earth, that mine everlasting covenant might be established, 
that the fullness of my gospel might be proclaimed by the weak and simple unto the ends of the world before kings and rulers. And then the last part. And if thou do this, I have prepared thee for a greater work. Thou shalt preach the fullness of my gospel, which I have sent forth in the last days, the covenant which I have sent forth to recover my people, which are of the house of Israel. You and I and the rest of the world, we are the house of Israel, um, either direct descendants um, or adopted if we choose to follow the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I um, am blessed to know that God loves me as much as he loves Joseph of Egypt and all those previous um descendants that um, the same blessing that he gave them is the same blessing that is yours and mine and so that um, you and I understand his love for all of us that that was not just something that happened in old world or new world or a long time ago that his love is with us that he wants to bless us and like I said at the beginning of the podcast that you and I can find time to feel of his love daily um, through the scriptures through staying close to him is the way that we're going to be able to truly know that you are a child of God precious unto him that he wants to bless you more than anything and he can only do that when we come closer to him uh, to hear of his love and blessings that he has in store for us so with that I am going to say have a great rest of your day I happy to be with you and to share some of that love of God with you and your loved ones so for now this is Rosa O Garcia with Why Jesus Signing Off.